From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, quantifying the disc at risk. Smaller cup and cupless ratios of both eyes on OCT were significantly associated with an increased risk of NAION. But smaller disc areas of either eye, whether on HRT or on OCT, were not. First this. As seen from here reaches ophthalmologists in 98 countries, transfers more than half a terabit of podcasts every month, but the potential audience is much larger. Please tell your colleagues about this free resource, Flattening the Ophthalmic World. And while you're at it, let your residents and fellows know about Open Ophthalmology, a free basic science video podcast, already a force in ophthalmic education with 1,800 viewers watching 6,000 video lectures every month. Information wants to be free. Help me give it away. We accept that crowded optic discs are more susceptible to non-arteritic anterior ischemic optic neuropathy. But in the climate of evidence-based medicine, it is important for us to define our terms. What do we mean by a crowded disc? We now have the tools to quantitatively measure disc topography, so perhaps our definition of a disc at risk should be more quantitative as well. Carmen Chan has done just this, and I'm happy to welcome her back to a scene from here today. Carmen, there's a characteristic morphology of optic discs of patients who suffer NAION. Can I get you to describe it? Yeah, of course. Um, the optic disc of patients with NAION, or non-arteritic anterior ischemic optic neuropathy, have been described to be small and coupless. But obviously, in the uh, acute stage, the disc of the eye with the NAION attack is swollen. Therefore, we can only assess the morphology of the fellow eye. And usually, when you look at it, they, they look crowded. Why do crowded discs predispose patients to NAION? Well, the theory goes that uh, for the crowded discs, there is a compressive effect at the lamina uh, fibrosa at the optic nerve head. Therefore, it makes the axons more susceptible to ischemia, especially during the periods of nocturnal arterial hypertension. The assumption is that discs without cups are small. Before your study, was there any evidence to indicate that these optic nerve heads are actually smaller than the norm? First, I think based on clinical assessment and fundus photographs, um, there have been numerous studies with, which have shown that NAION patients have smaller cups and cupless ratios than normal. And therefore, one presumes that uh, these patients have smaller discs too. But for the discs area, as far as I can tell, um, there, ha- there haven't actually been that many studies. And when we looked at the fellow eye specifically, as far as I can tell, there were only two papers using disc photography, which demonstrated that the discs area in the fellow eyes of NAION patients were smaller than normals. As you know, uh, the optic disc area increases with axial length. For example, myopes have uh, larger optic discs, but neither of the papers I mentioned just now took axial length or refraction into consideration. Um, using newer tools, apart from optic disc photos, um, there are a few newer studies using uh, newer instruments like um, OCT or HRT um, to measure the disc areas. And one of the studies demonstrated 
smaller disc areas in NEIOM patients, but the others did not. Carmen, what was the purpose of your study? Uh, the purpose of the study was to compare the optic disc morphology, including disc size and cup disc ratio and cup size in both eyes of Chinese patients with unilateral NAION and compare it with normals. And we measured the disc morphology using uh, optical coherence tomography, or OCT for short, and uh, confocal scanning laser ophthalmoscope, or HRT um, for short. Um, in particular, in this study, we corrected for the magnification factor caused by axial length and refractive error. And for the second part, we also looked at the retinal fiber layer thickness as measured by OCT and HRT and assessed how well it correlated to visual field findings. What was the design of your study? Okay, this was a case control study. So we looked at the, um, because we, we kept um, a database for our uh, neuro-ophthalmology clinic at our hospital, and we identified 22 patients with typical unilateral NAION of greater than six months duration from the database, and we called them back and performed a full eye examination. And this included a measurement of the actual length, refraction, dilated thunder exam, etc. Uh, in addition, we uh, performed a visual field, a Humphreys 24-2, and also measured their dysmorphology and retinal nerve fiber layer by Thrasis OCT and um, Heidelberg uh, re- Retinal uh, Tomography 3. With these data, we compared the, them with 52 eyes of 52 randomly selected normals from our existing database. And then um, when we did the comparison, we corrected for age and magnification factor due to axial length. Because um, for the HRT, as you know, we need to outline the disk uh, margin manually. And um, for the OCT, although it detects the disk margin automatically, it needs manual adjustment. And in this study, we had masked investigators who were did the uh, optic disk outlining and, and um, outlining and adjustment. On what basis was the diagnosis of NAION made in the context of your study? So um, it's based on um, history and examination and some investigations. So this is based on a typical history of acute painless visual loss in one eye. Um, and then the finding, the clinical finding of an object of objective optic nerve dysfunction, that i.e. I have to see an, a relative afferent papillary defect and also uh, disc swelling. And if clinically indicated, it depends on what other symptoms the patient the patients had. Other tests were performed to exclude other uh, pathologies like an ESR or said rate, as you may call it, or, um, or imaging to exclude um, uh, compressive optic neuropathy. And of course, because in this study, we selected patients with, an, with NAION of at least six months duration, the diagnosis is usually quite clear in retrospect. Carmen, what were your findings? What were your results? So I think the first thing is that um, the actual length and refractive errors of the NAION eyes and normal eyes were comparable. The cup areas and the cup disc area ratios of both eyes of NAION were significantly smaller than controls as measured by HRT and, and OCT. But for the disc areas, there were no significant differences. And um, after adjusting for age and axial length using um, a logistics regression analysis, we found that smaller cups and cup disc ratios of both eyes on OCT were significantly associated with an increased risk of NAION. But smaller 
disc areas of either eyes, whether on HRT or on OCT, were not. And for the second part uh, on the retinal nerve fiber layer, um, we found that um, the retinal nerve fiber layer as measured on OCT had a significant um, correlation with visual field mean deviation. But none of the other parameters, like the HRT measured retinal nerve fiber layer or rim measurements as measured by either instruments, none of them correlated with visual field findings, well, visual field uh, mean deviation. Carmen, I just want to clarify this point. The NAION patients did not have smaller optic nerve heads than the controls. Do I have that right? Yeah, that was uh, what we found in our study. And this was somewhat um, contrary to uh, the traditional belief and some of the studies as well. But, um, but actually, a, an earlier paper uh, by Contreras also showed that um, the disc areas of NAION patients were not significantly different from controls. And this may, this may be real, or this may be due to that the, the differences are quite small and we needed a larger sample size to demonstrate it. What is CDAR? What machine measures it? And does a high CDAR confer an increased risk of NAION? Uh, CDAR is the cup disc area ratio. And basically, it's, it's, a, uh, the, it's the cup disc ratio. But... Uh, um, both HRT and OCT, they give a horizontal cup disc ratio as well as a vertical cup disc ratio as well as an overall cup disc area ratio. So we chose the cup disc area ratio for um, simplicity. And a small cup disc area ratio, i.e. a smaller cup, confers a higher risk of uh, NAION. Carmen, don't shorter eyes or hyperopic eyes have discs with smaller cups? Yes, um, hyperopic eyes generally have smaller discs and therefore smaller cups than normal. So originally, our hypothesis was that perhaps um, hyperopic eyes were more susceptible for NAION. But um, indeed, in the two, men, uh, the two papers I mentioned earlier, which used um, uh, disc photos to compare the um, disc areas in NAION eyes versus um, normal eyes, um, the NAION eyes were more hyperopic than normal. However, um, in our study population at least, we found that there was no, no significant differences between the axial lengths and refractive errors in our NAION patients and the randomly selected normals. So, uh, so far, that, that hypothesis um, doesn't quite hold up yet. So. What were the advantages and disadvantages of OCT versus HRT? Um, for this, maybe I can talk about um, two, the two functions separately. The first function is um, um, the way they measure the optic nerve head morphology, and the second is the way they measure they measure uh, retinal nerve fiber layer thickness. So, for the optic nerve head morphology, the HRT machine needs uh, the disc outline to be outlined manually. And uh, I don't know whether you've done it, but this can be quite difficult and subjective. And frequently, you need disc photos to help you. Um, HRT does, however, measure the whole disc area, the whole surface, and it also corrects for ocular magnification due to refractive stasis. On the other hand, um, OCT doesn't correct for ocular magnification. And therefore, in this paper, we used a special formula to take um, the actual length into consideration. 
And unlike the, o, uh, the HRT, which scans the whole disk, it extrapolates data from six radial lines. The OCT automatically detects the end of the RPE as the disk margin. But, um, for example, in cases of um, peripapillary atrophy, this will give an inaccurate reading. Also, um, it doesn't detect it, so um, it doesn't detect it very accurately, and it frequently needs a manual adjustments. For example, in our study, almost all the patients uh, on the OCT optic nerve head measurements, we needed at least one adjustment on at least one of the scans, uh, one of the radio scans. Therefore, it's quite. That therefore, it is also quite uh, manually intensive. So I think taking into account these factors, it is generally thought that HRT is better than OCT for optic nerve head morphology. Um, I personally think that they're, they're quite, quite similar. For the uh, retinal nerve fiber layer, um, I think there's no doubt that the OCT is better than the HRT because the HRT only estimates the retinal nerve fiber layer from a height above a certain reference plane and doesn't actually measure the uh, retinal nerve fiber layer, but the OCT does. From a practical standpoint, are these instruments clinically useful in determining the risk of a particular patient's developing NAION? Um, I think these instruments are great for objective documentation of um, this morphology. But I think um, in addition to finding the finding of a crowded disc, uh, there are many other factors which affect the risk of um, developing NAION, like age, cardiovascular risk factors and smoking. Therefore, I think um, these instruments can play one part in a multifactorial kind of formula, just like uh, measuring the central corneal thickness in assessing the risk of glaucoma progression. Carmen, let me ask you a bottom line question here. What do you do in your own practice? Well, I have to confess, I, I don't use OCT or HRT regularly or routinely to measure dysmorphology. Um, this is partly due to the fact that um, unlike measuring the macular thickness or retinal nerve fiber layer thickness, um, if you use OCT and HRT to measure the optic nerve head, it needs manual adjustment or outlining, as I mentioned just now. I don't have um, a technician who can do that reliably for me. Therefore, if I want to do it, I have to do it myself, and it's time-consuming. But I think... Um, but. Um, I do use OCT a lot for measuring the retinal nerve fiber layer, uh, which I use almost as a surrogate marker of um, optic pallor in chronic optic neuropathies. Carmen, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Um, I think what I, well, something else I want to mention is that these, I mean, there are new machines out every year, and um, and uh, with um, with the OCT, there's the well, even from this, well, of course, there are um, high-definition OCTs from many companies now. So even from the same company, the the um, CalSight has produced a newer version, the Series OCT, which measures the retinal nerve fiber layer beautifully. But it doesn't actually, I think, as far as I know, even with the newer software, it doesn't actually give um, the optic dysmorphology measurements, as in it doesn't, give you the um, disc area, it doesn't give you the cupless ratio. So I'm just waiting for maybe a software upgrade in the future to see how that works out. Carmen Chan, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Carmen Chan is Honorary Clinical Assistant Professor at the Department of Ophthalmology and Visual Sciences at the Chinese University of Hong Kong. 
and coordinator of the Neuro-Ophthalmology Service at the Hong Kong Eye Hospital in Hong Kong. Her paper, Quantitative Assessment of Optic Nerve Head Morphology and Retinal Nerve Fiber Layer in Non-Arteritic Anterior Ischemic Optic Neuropathy with Optical Coherence Tomography and Confocal Scanning Laser Ophthalmoscopy, appears in the June 2009 issue of the British Journal of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Chan or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write me with your questions or comments at jyoungmd at gmail.com. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.